All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Their expert here is Walt Secura, who's the managing partner of the AKW Group in Akron. Also with branch offices in Washington, Pennsylvania. He'll be talking with us the next half hour about, about the market, about how the AKW Group invests this client's money into the individual stocks and individual custom-made portfolios for each client. If you have any questions about the market, about how they invest their client's money, give us a call, 330-673-1234. Outside of Akron, call us toll-free, 800-669-4100, including on WNIR. Com. Well, Walt, last week, a new month, uh, August uh, ended pretty good for the market, and once again, September just keeps on marching away, moving upward. Well, what did you see about last week, and as we get into the final quarter, what do you see about that? Yeah, Bob, I think uh, last week, again, we saw some progress for some of the indices, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I actually fell about 86 points for the week. We're at 35,369. It was off uh, 0.2% for the week, and year-to-date sits at 15.6%. Uh, the broader index, the S&P 500 index, was up about 26 points for the week, about 0.6%. Uh, we're at 4535, and again, year-to-date, up over 20%, 20.7% on the S&P 500 index. Uh, the NASDAQ, which, remember, at the early part of the year was kind of lagging uh, the Dow Jones and the S&P, had another really strong week at 1.5% up 234 points. Uh, we're at 15,363 in year-to-date at 19.2%, so catching up with that S&P 500 index. And then the Russell 2000, uh, the measure of those smaller and mid-cap stocks, uh, that index was up uh, 14 points, about 0.7% for the week, and that was the 16.1% year-to-date. So, Again, Bob, as we've been saying all along, these are phenomenal returns, or they're not the type of expectations historically that you would expect in the stock market. But you know, really, we we've had an unprecedented run, and and you know, really strength uh, coming after the uh, initial downturn from the the pandemic and the big sell off uh, in March of last year. This this market has really roared back, and uh, you know, anybody that's been an investor during that period of time has had money allocated to stocks is is probably very happy. And as we look forward to that uh, final part of the year, what do you see uh, happening by the time uh, 2021 comes to a close? Well, I think, Bob, you know, there's going to be some volatility probably in the second part of this year. I I think when Congress gets back in session, you know, the the two big budget plans, you know, the infrastructure deal and the the even more broad spending uh, deal will be discussed, Um, the probability of higher taxes, those types of things could definitely 
you know, create some volatility for the market. But overall, you know, corporate profits continue to look strong. I think the Delta variant is is the wild card. It, it you know, there's a lot of mixed and, and misinformation out there in the market where everybody's trying to figure out actually what's happening, what's going on. Uh, we know there's an increase in cases. However, it, you know, as, as far as what that does, you know, for, for shutdowns, lockdowns, or slowdowns, or people's willingness to go out and to spend, we'll, we'll have to see how the data comes in. But overall, we're hopeful, and, and you know, corporate profits uh, look phenomenal coming after the last quarter, and, and we expect more of the same as we move into 2022. You know, we look over the market, and we kind of uh, pegged the start of this bull market back in 2009. That was 12 years ago. So if you've been invested in the market for these last 12 years, you've done quite well. Now, is that kind of an outlook that this market may be good enough for another 12 years? Should that be the one that uh, guides someone into into uh, getting and staying in the market? Or should we get a little bit more more bearish, a little more conservative in the outlook and uh, start adjusting our investments accordingly? It's a great question, Bob. It really is. I mean, if you go back to March 9th of 2009, I remember that time well, the the market had fell almost 57% after the, uh, you know, the financial debacle, the mortgage debacle back in 2007 and 2008. A lot of people were very, very depressed. We, we went through a long kind of bear market, and and you know we had that S&P 500 index at 677. You know we just talked about it being at 4,535. Uh, so it was at 677. We went on a 401% increase uh, up until February last year uh, when we saw the pandemic come, and then the market sold off another 34%, and then we went up another 103% once we hit that bottom of March 23rd, 2020. So uh, you're right. I mean, it's been, it's been an unprecedented run. I mean, the bull market has been very, very strong. Uh, as we look forward the next 12 years, it's hard to say. You know, I, I think there's going to be challenges, but... I, you know, I go to a quote um, from from J.P. Morgan, uh, John Piermont Morgan, who was obviously one of the greatest financiers back in the early 1900s. Uh, his words were, "Remember, you know, anybody that's a bear on the future of this country will go broke." Uh, you know, he was a big believer that you know America is still the greatest country in the world. The, the capitalism, the capital markets that we have, and you know, investing is still the way to to long-term success. And, you know, I continue to believe in those principles. Um, some of those are being challenged today a little bit with, I think, some of the societal changes that are going on. But, you know, if you believe the base of, of America and the base of what this country is built on, I got to believe that, uh, you know, the future looks good. And uh, there'll be volatility along the way, but, uh, you know, maybe not the same experience as the last 12 years, but I think there's money to be made and opportunities for those that remain investors. Of course, when you say it's going to be good, the question always is, how good? Are there any experts out there who think the stocks can actually get even higher than they are today? There are, Bob. Barron's this week had, a, you know, they do this very often. They have experts in their predictors, you know, the economists that kind of predict these things. And, uh, you know, all of them expect the S&P or expect the S P maybe to move a little bit higher. I think the average of the ones they were Pulling this this uh, time, I think there were six or seven in there. It was like forty five hundred eighty five, which is a little bit of an increase from where we're at. Goldman Sachs, who I kind of look at, you know, they they tend to be the smart smartest guys on the block out there in Wall Street, as far as uh, you, you know, the tower of intellectual capital that's in that firm. 
Uh, they have a 4,700 target on the S&P 500 index. That would be a 3.6% rise. Uh, there's all kinds of models you can look at and thoughts you can have. I think the key is, again, corporate profits, the economy continuing to move forward. Uh, if, if you see profits move forward and, and the economy continue to grow, I believe uh, you know a lot of companies have upside from here. And again, as we always say, we're, we don't invest in the stock market. Our group really invests in individual companies, and there's a lot of individual companies out there that still have really good outlooks and you know can can outperform the market uh, in in the right environments. They already mentioned the uh, the COVID pandemic, and uh, the market doesn't seem to be really concerned about the fact that the the pandemic isn't really going as well as uh, we had hoped uh, back in July when the vaccines were being distributed. We had very very optimistic outlooks that the pandemic would be over by, by this time, or at least under control. And of course, that's not the case, at least in the United States. As that does continue, and if it does not uh, abate in any significant way, how could that be a negative? on the market, to even going into 2022? Well, I think, Bob, you know, when you have the, the slowdowns, and, and if you think, again, our economy is, is built on consumers. It's, it's built on consumption, people's willingness to spend. And, you know, people showed a willingness to spend. I mean, initially when the pandemic came, a lot of people pulled back. There was a lot of staying at home. People were worried and scared and uncertain what to do. We we see a lot of spending. Spending has been redirected a little bit. You know, we talked last week about people spending more money on their home and making their home a little nicer. And, you know, maybe the changes of, of uh, that, that a lot of people wanted to put in place anyway. But as long as people are willing to get out and spend, I think that's the big thing. If you look at the parts of the economy that continue to be held back, it's it's people going out. You know, it's, it's restaurants and, and bars and live events and, you know, things out there that, you know, people are still a little bit apprehensive, the mall, the traffic, uh, you know, some travel. Uh, those are the things that we need to see turn back on for this economy to get back to uh, the levels that we saw pre-pandemic. Now, looking at economic data, as you do every single week, uh, last week, the, the ISM Manufacturing Index in the ISM Non-Manufacturing Index, International Trade Numbers, and the August Employment Report. As you looked at those figures, what did they tell you? And once again, what does it show for the future? Well, I think when you look at the ISM reports, Bob, they give us a feel of, of what's going on, manufacturing, non-manufacturing. I think the comments that you read through those, and again, I like to look at these reports, um, because, again, there's surveys, uh, you know, p- the people in business still are expecting they have concerns over supply chain disruptions, uh, labor shortages, logistics delays, uh, lack of materials uh, coming into the market. Um, you know, some pretty interesting things that come out of these these reports. But overall, we, we see good levels, you know, uh, in manufacturing and non-manufacturing. The service economy continues to recover. Uh, so that gives them some confidence. The international trade numbers, you know, we're a big uh, deficit. We always run a deficit. You know, we're a large importer. Um, we saw a little bit of reduction to that because we are exporting a little bit more, but the shortages around the world are changing that a little bit. But just the cost um, in the delays are still there. Uh, there was, uh, you know, comments in this report about the Port of Los Angeles, uh, 22 container vessels at anchor. Uh, waiting to, you know, unload. The average time now is at 7.9 days to unload uh, a ship. You look at the increases in cost for a container vessel to to travel from 
Los Angeles to Shanghai. It's it's up eight two eight point two percent again for the month and over six hundred and eighteen percent since January two thousand twenty. So the cost and the and the challenges of the supply chain and the logistical issues of you know making products and getting products to market is still out there, Bob, in a big way. Once again, we're talking to Walt Sakira of the AKW Group here in Akron, and our phone lines are open for your calls and questions at 330-673-1234 on this Labor Day holiday weekend. Uh, time to talk about more of those trends and insights that you follow, urging people to listen to the uh, things that are out there, but uh, make your own decisions. Think for yourselves about what you want to do with your investments and how do you want to take this information. But some of the information that's out there that you've looked at already uh, include more studies about misinformation in social media. Uh, studies from NYU and Grenoble Alps University in France show that Facebook algorithms actually spread misinformation on that platform. There, there was a big study, Bob, done from August of 2020 to January 2021, and, and yeah, it supports those claims that a lot of misinformation, they looked at trustworthy news sources versus sources that they know are not reliable and were spreading misinformation, and the amount of shares and likes and the amount of people that were you know, really using misinformation is still extremely high. It, it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of issues that are going to continue to circle around social media. Um, and again, we got to keep our eyes on, you know, what the government does with that as far as, uh, you know, any future for uh, regulation. But those those companies, all those social media companies continue to show great profitability. And at this point, you know, misinformation is like any other information. I guess people use it at your own caution. Um, so that's definitely one of the trends we saw. Uh, we talk a lot about China, and their government, of course, is much more intrusive than ours. Uh, currently, the latest uh, thing that the president of China has in, in enforced is a crackdown on what the Chinese determine are effeminate men on television. Um, <laughs> it gets pretty weird to me, but uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't know, what does that mean for China as a, as a, as a world economic leader? Well, I think it just shows the political risk that you have. You know, China is a country. It's a communist country led by a communist party, and they continue to control business, education, cultural, religion. Yeah, this was a really odd one. President Xi Jinping called for, you know, a national rejuvenation. He wanted to, and he actually used the term, um, you know, to, to make the, the Chinese men more masculine. He felt the images... Of, of these uh, <laughs> sissy men, as he calls them on TV, needed to stop. Um, so it just shows, you know, that, that those kinds of risks are evident. They're out there, and you have to be careful. Uh, we talked about the impacts with some of the Chinese stocks that we had favored and looked at over the years. And we, at this point, we've moved past a lot of those, Bob, because we just feel that the risks are a little bit too high. And uh, the reach of the government is a little too far, and that's not a place uh, that we'd like to invest at the current time. We're talking to Walt Sequeira of the AKW Group. Of course, they invest their clients' money in individually owned stock portfolios that uh, only they can offer. Them. So if you want any questions about that, you can always call AKW here in Akron at 234-466-7476. But for today, uh, we're going to have our Stock Talk segment, which gives you a chance to call 330-673-1234 and talk to Walt Sequeira. Ask him any question you want about stocks that you're interested in. 
whether or not they invest in them at AKW Group. He will talk to you about those stocks and give you his information and his opinion on that. So give us a call, 330-673-1234. Yeah, outside of Acme then on W1Hour.com, it's a 800-669-4100. Uh, Zoom video. Uh, reported earnings last week. and Now, that's not currently one of your holdings, but uh, what do you think about Zoom video and any insights you can gain from that? Yeah, Bob, when we continue to look at, I mean, we like this company. Uh, they showed their, you know, their importance during the pandemic. Again, a lot of Zoom meetings. I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there were on some of those. Uh, people have mixed emotions about them, but this is a company that had an incredible uh, takeoff due to the acceleration and the need of this type of technology. And they've been kind of guiding down expectations, but continuing to put up really good results. I mean, this was the quarter they kind of guided lower, but uh, revenues were still up 54%. They, they did a billion over 663 million. Earnings were up 48%. Those are still really strong growth rates. Uh, they have some other products in the pipeline now, these Zoom phones and Zoom rooms. And, you know, communication and business is really important, Bob. And now that they are, you know, they've made some uh, uh, headway and, and, you know, have some abilities to upsell and, you know, create some more opportunities for the company, we'll have to keep an eye at, at this company. I mean, it was at a high uh, $588 a share back down to 298 It's definitely got my attention as it continues to get a little bit more reasonably valued here uh, if they can continue to put up these results. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secure here on Invest Wisely on WNIR. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Walt. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, good question for you. Okay. Oh, uh, the pandemic and related costs. As of about two months ago, two and a half months ago, China has borrowed approximately $228 billion to deal with their pandemic, which means at the rate they sold their debt in 10 years, they're going to have to come up with $228 billion. What are we going to do in 10 years when the $8 trillion we borrowed over the little over the last year? comes due where's all that money going to come from well it's a good question realize we monetize some of our own debt (laughs) right well percentage of it but we have to take that money out of our general fund yes well and that money going to come from when we're taking in three and a half trillion dollars in tax receipts right now it's a great benefit from that 10 years from now big time right no, very good question. I think a lot of people are concerned about that. You know, again, we've kind of entered a, a financial experiment like we did back in the mortgage crisis where, you know, the Fed has expanded the balance sheet and we, we've uh, borrowed a lot of this, money. This to, crushes, this crushes the 2007 to 2009. Yeah. This isn't I, even close. Well, and I think this is the dilemma that we talk about with the Federal Reserve is that they're kind of kind of in a rock and a hard place with, with rates being low and almost at zero. You know, you're kind of borrowing money at a at a rate that doesn't, you know, the servicing of that isn't as difficult. But if interest well, rates start to push back up, up, there's all kinds of issues that come into play. I know. With the housing market. Sure, sure. How yeah, it's something hell? we got to keep an eye on they for sure. They're going to keep extending our housing gains, which is not. There's a huge bubble in this right now. They have created so many problems themselves with the housing market. 
back, like I said, back in 2007, the average sale price on a house was 159 grand, and they considered everybody was paying way, 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 way too much then for houses at an average price. A little over a decade later, we are now sitting at 359,000. Yep, I think you're pretty close, right? of a house, do you realize what <laughs> that is astronomical climb in a decade? I agree. I agree. And that can't be sustained. It can't be sustained because of the low interest rates. This is going to hammer the hell out of the top echelon of the housing market because who's going to buy down? Right. Something we have been talking about on the show, and I, I agree with some of the points that you're making. I, I think all these things are the, are the challenges that you have to keep pay attention to and see what the, you know, the monetary and fiscal response is. Uh, but there are definitely some risks to the market, for sure. Let's take another call now for Walt Secure on Invest Wisely. UNW1IR, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Walt, uh, my wife's threatening to call Judge Judy on me for buying that Wingstop uh, because they uh, start selling size. Uh, now I'm watching Wendy's. They just uh, changed their uh, French fry recipe, and they're delicious after all these years. So uh, uh, now I'm looking at that, so I'm, I could be in trouble with uh, Judge Judy with my the type of uh, research I do here on my on my stocks. But uh, my my question today is about Canadian National uh, Natural Resources, symbol CNQ, CNQ, and uh, with all the minerals we need and copper, and uh, they have a lot of minerals up there. And uh, have you ever look, looked at CNQ? Uh, I've, I've looked at it, Ken. I, I, as a matter of fact, I have it up on my screen here, just kind of taking a quick peek. Um, you know, again, yeah, this is this is one that's shown some good recovery in the last two quarters. I mean, you look at the financial power of the last two quarters, it's definitely there. Of course, they're engaged in oil and gas exploration in Western uh, Canada and uh, also North uh, Sea in West Africa. So, uh, you know, when, when you're talking about the importance, again, fossil fuels have gotten a, a pretty bad rap in the past, you know, couple years here, but... I think that uh, this is an industry that still has some potential to it. So looks like you found one that's, uh, you know, coming back pretty strong as far as the financial power goes. And seems like it has some relative valuation here that's uh, reasonable. If it wasn't for uh, Bitcoin, I think gold would be a lot higher than it is. I think everybody, the wheeler and dealers are putting their money in those Bitcoins. But when you can lose, <clears throat> lose out just by the click of a, button on a computer or a Chinese uh, saying they're not going to accept Bitcoins. It, it sounds a little risky to me, but anyway. Yeah, yeah good, good, good point. Again, Ken, always some good insights from you. Okay, have a good week. Thank you. All right. Uh, bye. Well, if you could, um, again, you have a small mid-cap portfolio. Uh, can you tell us any of the uh, new stocks you have purchased to go into that particular portfolio? Yeah, Bob, this is, like I said, a portfolio that we're really, we're, we're always pretty excited about. Um, it's it's a little bit more looking for stocks that are innovative, cutting edge, uh, growing very rapidly in sales and revenue. Uh, a couple stocks that we've uh, added there recently, and again, we can't give away all the secrets, but... Uh, 
we talked about the live events out there. We we did look at Live Nation. We added that to the portfolio a few weeks ago. Uh, they're the largest live entertainment firm in the world. Uh, they serve over 570 million fans in 44 countries. Um, they run over 235 venues, uh, things like the House of Blues, uh, Hollywood Palladium, Spark Arena, uh, New Zealand. Uh, so, again, we think live entertainment is coming back. We saw uh, a couple large live events uh, come back on this year and, you know, pretty incredible numbers of people getting out. I think people want to get back out. Uh, there's a lot of negativity and bearishness still on the stock, especially with the Delta variant uh, showing up. But I think if you look out as an investor, 2023, 24, 25, you think ahead, uh, Live Nation, I think, is poised pretty well for some strong recovery. They just had a, a really nice report uh, this last quarter. It showed the revenue potential. Uh, they were $576 million, over $74 million the year prior. Again, pretty easy comparison, but... You know, pretty strong numbers, and the company seems to be ramping up pretty quickly. Um, another one that we recently added, and this is a really kind of an interesting one, Bob. It's a small cap stock. Um, it's, it's Matterport Inc. Uh, they're a spatial data company. This, the symbol is MTTR. Uh, basically, if you if you've uh, been online, Zillow, some of the real estate sites, you see these uh, uh, video. Um, they they kind of give you the 3D view of of a you know of an apartment or a house. Uh, they were used pretty dramatically during the pandemic to sell real estate. Uh, this core this company makes the cameras that create that 3D imaging of space. They it uh, digitizes um, this this data set, the real world. If you think of you know when you think of artificial intelligence and things that we're going to. Uh, digitizing the real world is a, is kind of an interesting thought process. Uh, they have proof of concept, and when you look at the applications of Matterport, it's it's pretty it's pretty broad. So these cameras now they have a an iPhone application too. That the kind of knock on the cameras they were these big things that now they've gotten to a little bit smaller size. But uh, Matterport it it uh, IPO'd around ten eleven dollars, shot up to twenty eight, fell back down. We added it a few weeks ago and. Uh, definitely one worth taking a look at. Of course, the uh, company is affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company, which gives them access to information all over the world on stocks and investment planning and more. But uh, this uh, this September, beginning into this month and running through the first couple of weeks of October, you've got your retirement planning today classes here in uh, Akron at the Kent State Hotel and Conference Center. And uh, these classes are going to run from 6 to 9 on Wednesday or Thursdays. Now, you've been working on getting these classes ready to go, one for people who are yet to retire and one for people who are already retired. So how's that going? And you're getting ready for those debuts on September 29th. We are, Bob. We were at the facility yesterday, um, some of my team members, and we were out there practicing and making sure that uh, we can pre- present a good class. Um, you know, I taught for many years, and, and you got to be prepared. So we're uh, we're taking the preparation. We're going to make it fun and entertaining, and I think it'll be something that people just wouldn't experience normally. You know, I think you can read a book on, you know, retirement issues and retirement planning, but I think to sit in a classroom and to have some exercises, we have some really inter- engaging and interactive activities planned to, you know, really challenge people and let them think about, you know, what retirement's all about. So uh, those classes, as we said, start September 29th. Uh, we have one on Thursday and then one following Thursday, October 6th. There's two classes for each, uh, you know, for each session. And then there's one October 5th and October 12th. Um, so again, call the office here, talk to Abby or Sue, and 
uh, we can get your brochure, more information, and get you signed up for these classes. And the number to call in Akron is 234-466-7476, also being held at the loft in Pittsburgh. You can call the uh, Pennsylvania office at 412-480-5090. Well, tell us about our foreshortened week coming up now. Well, we're just going to keep working, Bob. we got some economic data to pay attention to, and uh, we'll we'll just, uh, you know, a little shortened week, which is nice, but we'll get back to work on Tuesday and, and keep at it. Well, you have a great holiday, you and your staff. Once again, give the AKW Group a call. It is 234-466-7476 in Pennsylvania, 412-480-5090. Tell them you heard about WNIR Kent Ackman. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Canadian Natural Resource Limited, symbol CNQ. Facebook Inc., symbol FB. Live Nation Entertainment Inc., symbol LYV. Goldman Sachs Group Inc., symbol GS. Wendy's Arby's Group Inc., symbol WEN. Wingstop Inc., symbol WING. And Zoom Video Communications Inc., symbol ZM. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have been compensated by Goldman Sachs Group Inc., symbol GS, for non-investment banking-related services in the past 12 months.